Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. It's our hope that the next few moments lead you closer to Jesus, encourage you to grow, and equip you to exist for those not yet here. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that we can bring you fresh content every week as you continue in your walk with Christ. Good to be with you. Today we start a new sermon series, a new adventure, a new journey. I love something new. Anybody else? And so last week my dad killed it and kind of built a foundation, I think, for where we're going for the next few months. Uh, we had an awesome Easter. We came out of a parenting series. And so, uh, and I just felt like the Lord after Easter was like, uh, spend some time focusing on, on the Holy Spirit. And so some of you, you're new to your faith. Uh, there's a, there's a, a, a theological term uh, called the Trinity, the Trinity. And so it's, it's used to define uh, our understanding of God in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, God, God the Holy Spirit. And uh, I found that we do a good job of understanding God the Father. It's kind of easy for us to conceptually understand fathering, what it looks like. Jesus feels easy for us to grasp, even though he did some amazing things, incredible things, miraculous things that are not human, right? And so, but you, you can understand, he came to earth, he died for our sins, he was put in a tomb, he rose, he defeated death and hell. There's some things we won't ever fully comprehend on this side of eternity, but that message is, is, is there, right? God the Father, God the Son. When you get to God the Holy Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit, we, 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 we don't fully understand that part of the Trinity. We, we, we actually talk about that part differently. Like, we don't say, like, the Jesus, right? We'll say Jesus, right? Don't say, I follow the Jesus. That's weird. And so, but when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we'll be like, the Holy Spirit. We don't refer to the Holy Spirit as the person of the Trinity. We, we, we refer to it like, okay, well, that's, you know, the Holy Spirit, obviously, the Bible talks about it, but I don't really understand it all. And so, I'm not going to spend a lot of time being focusing on, on that, but in my opinion, uh, the Holy Spirit is ridiculously important to the walk and the life of a follower of Christ. That, in my opinion, so many people I meet live a very mundane, monotonous, boring, powerless Christian walk. Anybody else agree with me? We study history and we read about the stories, but we very rarely live in what I would call God's glory on this side of eternity. We, we, we hear about the disciples doing things that, I mean, if we're honest, none of us have ever done and seen. We, we, we read stories, but we, we're far from that. And so what I want to do is I want to focus on the, the third person of the Trinity, the, the Holy Spirit, and I want to teach you what I think is the significance of the Holy Spirit, right? Because we can focus on the other two and miss, miss the third, like I did a parenting series a few, few weeks ago, and because of the nature of where my oldest two kids are, it feels like they take most of my attention. They're teenagers, right? And so there was a couple times I left, and my wife was like, you do know you have a third son. And I was like, yeah, everybody knows, you know, I have Harrison. He was like, but you kept saying my two sons. And I was like, yeah, but they're taking all my work right now. And so he's just, you know, he's nine years old. He's still cute. He's still, you know wants to hug, he's, 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 he's easy going, like, he, you know, he has his moments, but the other two, they need a lot of work, and so, you know, we, but she's like, well, you know, maybe you should let people know you have a third son, and I think that's kind of, I mean, it's my, my, I want you to know there's, 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 there's more, 
There's more. There's, there's more than just God the Father, God the Son. One, one person said it like this. He said, uh, the Father is the planner, the Son is the accomplisher, the Holy Spirit is the applier. Another person described it like this. The Father is the source, the Son is the means, the Holy Spirit is the effector of salvation. The Holy Spirit. I want to show you what, what the Bible says uh, in, in, in the book of Acts chapter 1. I want you to know where we got the title from before we move forward. And so when I was studying uh, names of the Holy Spirit, I, I stumbled upon a name that's not necessarily biblical, but it, it was used to describe the experience of the Celtic believers that were hundreds of years after Jesus came and died on the, on the, the cross. The Celtic believers lived in what is now England. And uh, tradition says, really cool, Joseph of Arimathea, who is where the, the tomb of Jesus was buried, it was his tomb, they say he actually, in tradition, after Jesus died, was put in the tomb and rose from the dead, he traveled to the island of England, to, to where the Celts were at, and he shared the gospel of Jesus with them, taught them about the power of the Holy Spirit. And because of their, their experiences with, with religious beliefs, they really leaned into that part. And so the Romans and the Greeks, they had different types of experience with religion, and so they tend to, you know, Greeks, they, they tend to lean on, on knowledge and, and poems and puffing yourself up. And so when Paul preaches to the church of, in Greece, he preaches differently. But for the Celtic believers, they really leaned in to the power of God that moves in everyday life. And so they said, the power of the Holy Spirit is like a wild goose. And here's how they described it. They said, he's unpredictable, he upsets the status quo, and he leads people towards a new adventure with God. I love that. So if I have a goal, it's I want to upset the status quo in your life, if you allow me but mainly the Holy Spirit, to speak to you. I don't want to live a status quo life. I don't want to just go through the motions. I want my life to matter. Anybody else? I want to see God do powerful things. I want to look back and go, that's only, that's only God. That was only God in my life. And so I guess my, my question for you is, I want you to give me, but more specifically as we go through this, give the Holy Spirit permission over the next few months to just mess up your life a little bit. Can you do that? Eight o'clock was about this, right? You guys are like, I don't know what we're talking about. Where's the seatbelt, right? Like, I just want to prepare you for a, for a new adventure. I want the Lord to begin to do things in, in, in your life. And so I want to show you how important it is. So Acts chapter 1, Jesus has one of his last conversations he's ever going to have with the disciples before he goes back to heaven. Here's what he says in Acts 1. He says, after this, his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, don't leave Jerusalem until I send the gift that my father has promised. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father has promised. If you're a note taker, you should just write that down. Gift. You're gonna, my, my father is going to send you a gift, he says, which you've heard me speak about. He says, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He said, highlight that. He's going to send you a gift. And it's going to feel like you're being baptized. You're being filled with it, right? Then they gathered around him and they asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Because they have no idea what Jesus is talking about most of the time, right? And so they still don't get it. All right, you died. You come, are we going to do this? And here's what he says. He says, it is not for you to know the times and the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So you're going to get a gift. It's going to feel like it. you're being baptized in it. And when you get it, you're going to receive 
power. I want to explain this to you because so many people that I know, they don't understand the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says it. It's going to be a gift. The Bible says every good and pleasing gift comes from above. I love how Jesus described the Spirit of God, uh, the Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to send the gift, and the gift is going to be like an advocate to you. Now, here's why I love this. How many of you have ever been online, uh, uh, been, been scrolling, and seen somebody maybe have more money than you or more famous than you, and they're in better shape, they're, 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 they, they're, their house is cleaner, their kids are better dressed, right? They eat better than you, and then you realize they have a personal chef, right? They, they have a personal trainer. They, they, they have a nanny that takes care of their kids, and they got a cleaner. Anybody ever seen something like that? And here's what you say to yourself. You say, if I had that, I would be and look like them. Anybody else? If somebody would cook, I bet you something. If somebody would cook healthy food for me, I would be ripped, right? If somebody would make me a juice, I would drink it, but I don't, I don't want to make a juice. If somebody would cook something healthy, I would eat it. If somebody would do this for me, but it's just easier for me to go to McDonald's and get something from McDonald's. And so if somebody would teach me what to do in the gym and they would be over my, my, my ear and they would gently be telling me and coaching me, you're doing a great job, buddy. Let's I would be ripped, right? If somebody would clean my house, my house would be picture perfect. If somebody would do this, if I would just have an advocate, I would be better. Here's what actually Jesus is saying. He's saying God's going to give you an advocate. He's going to give you his presence and his presence is going to come in you and going to be with you as an advocate through every step of your life. He's going to make you better. He's going to pull things out of your life you didn't know were there. He's going to help you overcome areas of your life. He, he's a gift and here's how he describes it. I love this. He says it's gonna, it's gonna be, you're going to be baptized over and over and over again. The word for, for, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit is filled. Phil, you're going to decrease in your life, and the Holy Spirit's power is going to increase. I don't know why. I just kept visually seeing. I don't know if it's because I was born in the 80s, but remember when Play-Doh was cool, and you had that little Play-Doh thing, and you used to put the Play-Doh in, and you would squeeze it, and it would come out like long. You know what you thought when you were a boy. You're like, this looks like poop, right? And you would pull it out, but it would make shapes, right? This is essentially what's happening. God is going to fill up the Holy Spirit, and the lever is going to pull down, and all of the the... The, the, the bile of your old life, if I can say that, will be passed out spiritually and God will fill, fill you up in, in, in your life. It's going to feel like that. You're going to feel like he's filling you up. Like you're going to get a gift and it's going to feel like he's filling you up. And then he says this, and you'll get what? You'll get powerful. Powerful. You'll receive power. I love this because if you study the Greek, the word they use in this, it means dunamis, which actually is where we get the word dynamite from he'll fill you up and you will get power i've said it like this for years when the holy spirit fills you up you'll begin to have words that you speak that are not from you you'll get to places in your life that you could never you ever outkick your coverage you get to places in your life that you can never get to on your own you have interactions with people that you could never meet on your own. Doors will be open that could never be opened by you on your own because you begin to live with God's purpose as the center of your life when you follow Christ. And because you live with God's purpose, his power is needed in your life. You'll get a gift and it'll fill you up from the very bottom of, just so to speak, bottom, fill you up and you'll begin to walk in power in, in, in your life. And so here, here, here's, here's what I thought to myself then. Why then does so many people not look like that? 
Why do so many Christians that I meet, why do so many Christian marriages look like everybody else's marriages? You ever wonder that? Why, why do so many people in, in, in the church still struggle with the same things everybody else struggles with? Anxiety, fear, uh, concern about the future, even though the Bible says that it all, God has the keys to the future in his hand, uh, 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 raising kids, uh, addiction, uh, worry, everything that we struggle with, everything that we, we come to God with, we'll come to God and be like, I'm free. And then you walk in your life and you're like, don't look like it. Don't like your, look like you're living in power. There's freedom from your addiction of lust. There's freedom from your addiction to, to that substance. It doesn't look like you're living a powerful life. What it actually looks like you're doing is just going through the monotonous rituals of religion. Okay, I come to church. I, I hear a sermon. I go, I go away. I want to keep this whole thing with the Holy Spirit kind of structured and make sure I understand it all, right? We do that with God. We have an inverted view of God where we're like, okay, here's how I see God. Right? Here's, here's what I do with, with, with God. When, when, when he's, he's like, I don't play by your rules. I don't move like you want me to move. I don't ask, right? Like, could you imagine if we actually allowed the Holy Spirit to come into this place on a Sunday morning? He'd mess everything up. He might mess up your life. Some of you on a five-year plan, he might say, nope, that plan's dumb. Some of you trying to save up for something, and the Holy Spirit, this is why we don't like him. He might come into our life and say, I'm glad you're saving for that money. I've had a plan for that money. You're like, no, I have a plan for this money, God. And he's like, no, I have a plan for that money. Now, I have more money than you. If you trust me with that money, I can bring more into your life. The Bible says, I own a cattle on a thousand hill. I don't know if you ever read that. I don't know if you understand that, but that's a lot, right? But it's my money. Some of you, these are my kids. Here's how I want you to be in my kid, my kid's life. Here's how I want you to do with my kids. I need them to go to this college. I need them to live here. I have this picture perfect thing. I built this big addition on my house, God, with this big table. I need them to stay close. And God's saying, no, no, that kid's going to Africa. Hey, that's not, what, what do you mean, God? Well, when you stood on the stage and you had baby dedication at one time. You said, these are your kids and not my kids. I, I didn't mean that, though. See, we got to keep the Holy Spirit out of, we got, we got rules we want to play by. Speaking of my, 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 my last son, like he's, he's nine years old, so I can still make up rules, right? And, and, and when we play stuff, and so we, he always wants me to walk him to the bus. I'm still there. So I walk to the bus. He always wants to throw a football in there. So I walk, I walk forward, and I just throw the football like this. And when he catches it, he gets points. And the more points he gets, the more money that he's going to get. But I never let him end on the, in the positive, so I never have to give him money. And so <laughs> he'll build it up, and then I'll be like, all right, this one's worth whatever points you have. And then negative something, I'll throw it way far away from him. He'll be like, well, no cheater. And I'm like... My rules, my game, my rules, right? I'll play by your rules. And we think that all the time. God plays by my rules. This is how I want it to be. But I love that, 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 that definition of the wild goose that the Holy Spirit comes in. And he might mess up his plans because God's plans are better, or, or your plans because God's plans are better than, than your plans. And so here's the question. The Bible says this then to us. I love, I love this. It says in, in the book of Thessalonians, Paul says that he says, do not, do not. Do not quench the spirit. Do, do not quench the spirit. Paul prayed it in, for the church of Ephesus. I pray that you understand the incomparable power of God that's available in your life. He says, the same power that Jesus used to conquer the grave is available to you as a believer. You ever say something so fast it doesn't seem like it should be saying it? You hear something so often that it just goes in one ear out the other. The same power that enabled Jesus to go into the grave and to come back from the dead after three days is available in my life 
and I'm worried about who the president is, and I'm worried about my, my kids at school, and I'm fearful of this, and I don't think I can overcome this, and I'm allowing what happened to me in, the, in my life at some point, what was spoken over me to define my life as if I'm imprisoned in my life while the Bible says that the same power that Jesus used to come back from the dead is available in my life. So here's the question. Why do so many people that I meet in church, myself included many times, why are we living what I would call a spiritless life? Why are we living a spiritless life? I'll give you just a few answers before we kind of move into this, this sermon series. Number one is this. is so many people that I, that, that I see that the reason we're living a spiritless life is because many people just aren't aware of the Holy Spirit. You're, you're new to faith, and uh, you, don't, you never heard of the Holy Spirit. It's not taught in church. We're structured. We teach about theology. We teach about history. We study doctrine. We, we, we do that. We try to accomplish God's, God's purposes without his power. You know, we, 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 we build each other up through our, puff each other up through our knowledge. We study all this stuff. We're theologically sound. We can explain the Trinity, but we don't understand it. We talk about the, the Bible. We know the book of Acts. The book of Acts, it, it actually, the definition of the book of Acts is action, yet our faith most of the time is stationary. We, we read about these, these men and these women that did incredible things, yet we just kind of go through the motions at church. And some, some, because of that, for some people, they come to church in this atmosphere where there's just monotony and just, we just come in, we check in and check out. And for some people that I've met, you're new to your faith. You go, I didn't even know the Holy Spirit existed. It's possible to have something but not know you have it. You ever been there? I call this the Amazon effect, right? It'll say delivered, but I can't find it. You ever been there? And you left it at your door. I'm like, which door? Back door, front door, side door, garage doors, neighbor's doors. What door? Right? Here's the picture. I'm like, it's dark. What do you mean there's a picture? Right? Like, what, what, what door? It's possible to have something and not know you have it. Many of us, we have the power and, and the leading and the guidance and the gift of the Spirit in our lives, but we don't even know we have it. And I know that's possible because it happened in the Bible. Acts 19 says, when, while Paulus was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the power and the gift of the Holy Spirit when you believed? You know Jesus do you have the Holy Spirit? No, we haven't even heard of the Holy Spirit. We haven't even heard. We, we, we know Jesus. We haven't even heard. So Paul asked them, then what baptism did you receive? They said, John's baptism. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. We're talking about Jesus, the one he was talking about. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues, and they prophesied there were about 12 men in all. It is possible to live a life where you follow Jesus and completely miss the, 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 the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. Not understand what you have. You can have something and not even know that it's there. This happens all the time in, in, in my life. You ever, you, ever, you ever go somewhere where you know the secret of something there where you're like, I got the inside track but nobody else knows? You know what I'm talking about? So I'm an Ikea person, right? Like, uh, before COVID happened, we built our entire church. Let me just make sure I have preferences because this is tape. One, on the gospel, right? Two, with the help of the Holy Spirit. 
and three with the resources of Ikea. That's how we did it. We didn't have no money. We had no money, so we had to go to Ikea and get stuff all the time. We had to be creative. Hey, we need a, we need a visitor check-in station. We can't afford something from a real company. Ikea sells cabinets. Let's put them on casters. Hey, I think Subway tiles in style. Let's glue it to the front. Ikea has, has, has countertop. You can get eight feet of countertop at Ikea for $13. It's made of cardboard. You can't get it wet, but it works, right? And so... Everything we did. So I, I loved Ikea. Since COVID happened, I go into Ikea. I'll be like, can I, can I, can I get that that's, on the, that's out here? Can I, get to, can I buy this? Can I? And they're like, no, it's out of stock. It's out of stock to when? We don't know. You ever been there? Like, I'm, can I, get the, I want that cabinet. Well, we have the cabinet door, but we don't have the cabinet base, and the legs are missing, and the shelves are going to be in in 2026. So can you wait? <laughs> and it's like that all the time. So I don't go to Ikea anymore, but I used to go to Ikea. I loved Ikea. From 19, 2008 to probably 2018, I spent more time at Ikea than I did anywhere else, right besides the church. I went to Ikea all the time to find stuff, walk through it, buy stuff for our stages, all this stuff. And so as I went to Ikea, I began to understand the Ikea hacks and the Ikea perks of getting to Ikea. And the one thing that I realized that most people did not realize is Ikea opens at 10 o'clock. Did you guys know that? 10 o'clock. Not normal business hours because Ikea does whatever Ikea wants. And so... So you show up there, and I would show up there, and I realized before, I, before Ikea opened, they had a cafeteria that would open, so you could get there a little bit early, and if you got there a little bit early, you'd go up to the second floor, and at the second floor, you could get breakfast, and guess how much the breakfast was? Some of you are like, you're like, what? It was a dollar. One dollar. If you got there before 10 o'clock, you got a free cup of coffee with your breakfast. That is the Holy Spirit's guidance and direction in, in my life. And so I used to go there. In fact, when I would go there, I, was, I would leave from work, you know, here, come from the office, and I would always take somebody with me, and I'd be like, yeah, I'll get you breakfast today. <laughs> I got you. You want two breakfasts? I'll get you two breakfasts, and I'll get you a cup of coffee. Right? I'd go up the thing. It was $3.50, right? Three fifty, And they were like, man, you're generous, right? And so, but like, Nobody else, it felt like we were the only people there. Like every once in a while somebody else would come, I'm like, we, we, we got it. Like it's, this is here and this is available and people could do this. You get a free cup of coffee, but nobody knows this because you have to be at Ikea all the time and get the Ikea hacks. That's how I feel about God's presence, the Holy Spirit. Like there's some people you just meet, they get it. They're like, yeah. I've seen God move. I've seen him open doors. I've had conversations with God. Like when people say I hear from God. Most of the time they're not saying his audible voice. That'd be terrifying. But I can tell you so many moments in my life where I've heard the voice of God. I've known with his still soft voice that he's been guiding me, saying something to me, give that away, give this bigger tip to this person, open up that door, start that campus, close that campus, don't run, stay where you're going, right? Do it. Like he guides, but so many people that I meet, they have no idea that the power of the Holy Spirit even exists. Other people that I meet in church world, um, they are convinced, if you ask them, that the Holy Spirit is unimportant and unnecessary. They're, they're convinced. You talk to them, and they are convinced. Now, study, like if you study culture, I'm just going to say something that's on my heart. If you study culture, and you look at 
how stressed out people are, how broken people are, how drugged up people are, how, how, how messed up kids are, how kids in school are struggling with identity and stress and committing suicide. And you study the statistics of men right now committing suicide and all, all the eating disorders. If you actually took a step back and you said, I'm not going to worry about what I've learned in church or bad experiences I've had, and you just step back logically as a person on this planet, you would say to yourself, something's broke, right? Like, it would just point to the fact that humans are not equipped to do humanity on their own. That we're not equipped. That we have all of the knowledge that you could possibly have, and our technology, if I'm honest with you, is terrifying right now. There's some Jetsons crap going on in our world right now. And we still can't get it right. We still can't fix it. We still can't bring peace. So let me just step back with that same thinking. When you walk into church, studies suggest that church people are no different than unchurched people. That marriages are just as broken, that people are just as di- uh, addicted, that we struggle with the same things that we struggle with. And, and he, he, here would be my, my, my educated uh, hypothesis. That's a big word, right? And so my educated guess, right? My educated guess would be that the church has pushed out the power of God that is necessary to live out our calling. And we, we, we've convinced ourselves, we just got to read the Bible and try harder. I just got to work harder. I just, I, I just got to make more effort. I, 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 I can do it on my own. Like, let me just tell, tell me some more information. Give me another big word. You just give me a big word. I'll apply another big word. I'll say it. I'll put it on my Facebook. I'll get a tattoo of it, right? Trinity, whether that's some kind of symbol, a tribal band, I'll get that, right? And I'll just get, get through, and we've convinced ourselves that he's unimportant and he's unnecessary. And the reason is, is most of the time, if you're honest, we've, we've all had some weird experiences with, with the Holy Spirit, myself included. Some of us came from what I would call crazy camp. You know what I'm talking about? Where everything was about the, 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 the gift and not so much about the giver. I'm experiencing the Holy Spirit. It was about his power without his purposes. Hey, we're going to give you this power, but let me, let me make sure. In Acts 1, he says, I'm going to fill you up so I can send you out so you can accomplish my will. It's not just about the experience that you have, but, but I remember in my, in my, even in my misunderstanding, oh, it's all about this experience. It's all about getting filled up. It's all about this. So what happened in my life, because I didn't understand the role of the Spirit, is I completely shut him off, and I'd be like, I'm going to put my seatbelt on. And I'm going, to keep, I'm going to keep his power away. I want to be cool, calm, collected. I want people to think I'm normal. As I follow the dude who walked on water, spit in mud, put it in a blind guy's eye, told him to walk across town and walk in a pool, fed 5,000 people with one boy's lunch and rose from the dead. As I follow that normal guy, I'm trying to be normal. I just want to be liked, I want to be cool, I want to be modern, I want to be relevant, I, 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 I want to look like the world kind of looks, but what I found is I still struggled the way the world told me to, to, to struggle. And so what, what I realized is, man, I cannot in my life come to the conclusion that the Holy Spirit is unnecessary and unimportant. In fact, Paul dealt with this in Galatians 3. I think he dealt with the church that's a lot like the American church. Main problem in the church of Galatia, which what's interesting, what's interesting, let me tie this whole thing together. The Celtic believers, they believe uh, that their ancestors originated in Galatia. They actually started the city of Galatia. Then the Romans pushed them out, and when they pushed them out, they eventually settled towards Britain and some parts of France. And so what's interesting is those people are still, still there. 
their ancestors are saying, we need the power of the Spirit. We, we, we want him to move in our life. But then you got the Galatian church, and they're going, hey, uh, we, we believe in Jesus, but we also would like to teach the doctrine that in order for you to follow Jesus, if you're a male and you haven't been circumcised, you're going to take care of that too. Could you imagine that sermon series? Right? Let's get to the point. I mean, something, something like that. I don't know. What <laughs> right? Like it's, 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 and so Paul's like, what, what are we doing? We're talking about Jesus here. We're not talking about you, your body parts and circumcise yourself. You're missing the point. Like, what, what are we doing? That's the main problem. But he keeps going. Galatians 3, he says, you foolish Galatians who bewitched you. Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified, he says. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? Did you get God's spirit in your life by, by putting the law into action, by, by, by learning, or by your faith in Christ? He says, are you foolish? After beginning by the means of the spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? In other words, some of you are trying to live out your Christian life without the power that you need to live out your Christian life. I want you to think about that. Hey, I want, I want you to go where you're supposed to go, but I want you to do it on your own. I want you to get over your past. I want you to do it on your own. Just apply some teaching. I want you to have the marriage that you're supposed to have, and you never even saw. Right? You never saw that marriage, but I want you to have that marriage because you said a prayer. Dude, figure it out. Can you imagine that message? Here's the message. Uh, Jesus, in the book of Malachi, you know, three, he didn't say this, but stop doing drugs, go in peace. To the drug addict, you're like, what? Stop doing drugs? I don't even, like, I've been doing drugs my whole life, and I don't know, the reason I do them is because of what's happened. I'm trying to numb the pain, but you want me to stop? To the gossiper, here's what Jesus said, you're going to be judged for every word that you ever speak. Good luck, gossiper. Stop. Now go in peace. To the liar, right? We don't call people liars a lot, but how about the over-exaggerators? You know you do it. How tall are you? I'm six foot one. I'm just arguing with my wife. Get out, the, get out the ruler. Get out the ruler. Right? Get out the ruler, right? You exaggerate for, for the liars. Say, stop lying. Stop exaggerating. Stop covering up. Go and pee. We, we all, go, go do it. And then we try to go do it on our own. And Paul's trying to say, you're trying to live the Christian life without the power that you need. You're going to end up hopeless. You're going to end up resenting. You're going to walk away. You're going to live in despair. This is going to become monotonous. You're going to have no victory in your life. You're going to walk in this place instead of with joy. You're going to walk in this place feeling beat up every week. You're going to constantly be working and never getting anywhere. You're going to be like a spiritual hamster on a wheel running in circles. He's unnecessary and he's unimportant. You know, I know that because the Bible says in Galatians 5, what does he say? Walk by the Spirit. And you'll not gratify the, na the sinful nature. Walk by the, the Spirit. Walk, walk by the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. He's unnecessary, unimportant. No, the third thing is this, and this is where I think is the saddest. Some people, uh, if we're honest, we just want nothing to do with them. I talk about him messing up your plans. You're like, no. I, I'm the planner of my life. I know the Bible says I'm the author. Uh, he's the author and sustainer. But, but the truth is I, I'm kind of in control of that. I like to plan. I'm type A. Jesus gets it. He made me like this. 
I got it all figured out. I got my money situated. I got my retirement. I'm going to retire at this age. I think that's so, so stupid, by the way. There's not one Christian in the Bible that retired. You know how they retired in the Bible? They died. <laughs> they died. They were put on a cross, upside-down crosses. They were burned alive. John goes to the island of Patmos. He's all burned up. He dies there alone. There wasn't a retirement. But we're planning. Okay, I'm planning. Okay, well, I got this, got this set up. Okay, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here, but, you know, not that close to me. Don't mess up my plans. I'm going to this college. I'm going to do this. I, I got this, this five-year goals. I got this debt I'm paying off. I got this. And, and we kind of push him out of the equation. If we're honest, some of us just want not, nothing to do with them. And, and I, I know this is true because people live like this for generations. In fact, in Acts 7, they, they say you're a stiff-necked people. Your hearts and your ears, they're still uncircumcised. You're just like your ancestors. They're talking about all the way through Scripture. You always resist the Holy Spirit. The Bible talks about how uh, the Holy Spirit doesn't actually say this word, but I've heard this for years. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman, and it's, it's a description of the character of the person of the Spirit. Like, he, 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 he doesn't force himself on anyone. The Bible describes him as a still, soft voice. And uh, it tells us that we can grieve him, we can resist him, and we can quench him. I started thinking about what that, that looks like. I, I, I think you can, you can resist him uh, pretty, pretty, we see that pretty easily. Like, like, I mean, you ever hold a door for somebody and uh, you open the door and they just walk by you like you don't even exist? You know what I'm talking about? In Pennsylvania, it's usually an angry woman. <laughs> just saying. Don't be that, like, you know what I'm talking about? They got somewhere to be, they didn't have coffee yet, whatever. And so, and you pull the door open and they just fly by and then you got to remind yourself, I'm a pastor in this town. Because I'll find myself going, you're welcome. Come to Journey, right? It's a, you ever been there? You can do that with the Holy Spirit. He can open up a door and say, hey, it's time to walk through this. It's time, it's time to make this decision. It's time, it's time, he, he doesn't come and say, hey, do it. I'm making you change careers right now. Sometimes the Spirit of God does that. He allows you to get sick or something bad really happens so he can get your attention. But most of the time... He just comes with a still soft voice and he says, hey, um, I got this plan for your life. I want to I I guide you and direct you. I need you to walk through this door, but, but I got the door open, but you got to have to make the decision. Ah, maybe next week. You got to walk through this door. Hey, here's how I want you to use your money. I got to open this door up. I, I got this plan for you. I got this purpose for your future, your finances, your goal. You, you got to walk through it. And I'm nah, 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 going to hold on to that. I got this purpose for your marriage. It's, it's, it's really good. And, and he kind of just comes and he kind of just still soft voice just knocks, knocks at the door of your heart and you kind of resist, right? You, you, you resist. You, you, you push him back. You quench that. I started thinking of maybe another, another definition because a relationship with God is personal. So I started to think about me and my, my wife. This is just hypothetical, by the way. This has not really happened except in my dreams. And so, uh, but let's just say in my house, my wife, um, she was always trying to make out with me always trying to make out with me like all the time like it's like all the time like even in church I was trying to get my microphone on she took me back in the closet she's trying to make out with me before I preach right didn't happen just want completely okay and biblical could happen right but didn't happen but let's just say that did right anybody else like let's just say every day your wife is just waking you up or husband vice versa but let's just 
let's just be in my dream right now. And so your wife wakes you up, just wants to kiss you, and just all the time, just all the time. And every time she comes to, to kiss me or, or tell me she loves me or, you know, all that stuff, I just say, not, not, not right now, I'm not in the mood. Not right now, I'm not a machine, Leah. I just, you got to give me, 43 years old, you got to give me a, right? What do you think is going to happen in that relationship? Think it's going to be good or it's going it's to be distance there? She's going to say, every time that you, you turn me, me down, you create distance between us and our relationship. I think the same thing is true with the spirit. Every, every time that you, you, you push him away, say, no, not today. Not today. You, you should be making that decision. You know you're living in sin. Make that decision. Not, not today. I'll do it later. You, you, should, you should be going there. Not today. Some of you, literally, this, this next six weeks, the Holy Spirit's going to wreck your life. And it's a good thing because your life is boring right now. But he's been trying to do it for a while. He's been knocking at your heart saying, hey, I got a different plan for you. And you've been saying what? Not right now. Not right now. And, and, and you're pushing him away. And I'm just telling you, for, for me as a pastor, I, I want to pastor a church filled with people that are living only God lives. You know what I'm talking about? Where we can pull somebody up and be like, yo, tell us what the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit told me to jump. I jumped. Holy Spirit told, told us to move. We're moving. We're going, we're, going, we're going out of South America. He told us to start a church. You speak Spanish? Not yet. But Acts chapter 2, Peter spoke in a different language. So if Peter can do it, I can do it, right? We're going to go down there and do that. Uh, we're, we're, we're taking our kids and we're, we're moving to a different town. Why? We, God told us we're going to do something in this town. We've got we to start this town. It doesn't make sense, though. Next week, we're going to talk about these cages that we put ourselves in. The first one's going to be the cage of responsibility. We try to follow a God that is outlandish and oftentimes seem irresponsible in a responsible manner. I'm going to make the responsible choice for, for my life. But sometimes the Holy Spirit is going to take you outside of that, that and say, man, do something that doesn't make sense to even anybody else, but completely makes sense to the purpose and plan I have for you. And I just, I just want to step into the fullness of God, the fullness. Not the partness, not the two out of three. I, I, I want to have God the Father. I want to understand him. I want to have a close relationship with God the Son where he came and he saved me. And I want the power of the Holy Spirit to live in my life in such a real way that I walk with him, that I talk with him, that I, that I, that I can hear him, that I can see him opening up doors in my life, that, that I see him bring people. You ever been there where he brings somebody into your life and you have a conversation you're like, that was weird? Why were they here? And you're like, that wasn't actually, that is the power of the Holy Spirit. I, I want to see the Holy Spirit heal some people. Anybody else? Are you tired of praying for people and nobody ever getting healed? I'll pray for you. The Bible says you pray with the size of a mustard seed. God will move a mountain. I'll do that. And you walk away and it's almost like we expect him not to do. But what if we started having ridiculously high expectations for the Holy Spirit? What if we expected him to move in, the, in these rooms? What if we expected him to do what the Bible says he could do? Some of you say, how do you get filled with the Spirit? Well, I started thinking about that because I've been in church my whole life, and, so, and I've always been taught you know, different things. I went to kids' church and kids' camp and youth camp, and that was always the focus, be filled with the, the Holy Spirit. And, and I didn't really understand it all the time. So I started thinking, how do you get filled with the Holy Spirit? I want to just teach you something that I, that I think is so important. So the, the early disciples got filled with the Holy Spirit. You guys remember that? Jesus told them in Acts chapter 1, he said, go stay where? You guys remember? Go stay where? Come on, first service was like Jerusalem, right? They spelled it in Greek, right? 
go stay in Jerusalem. But if you study scripture, 500 people saw Jesus before that he went back to heaven. Only 120 people actually stayed in Jerusalem in the upper room. So the first thing you got to do to be filled with the Holy Spirit is you got to spiritually be in the right place. Spiritually. What's the right place? Uh, uh, an attitude and an atmosphere spiritually of obedience. Why weren't those 380 people filled with the Spirit of God? They disobeyed. They waited for a little bit, like this is taking too long, and, and they left. And so I, I guarantee you, God is asking you and calling you to something right now in your life of obedience that you need his power for. You say, God, help me. And he's saying, take the first step, and I'll continue to fill you up. God's power for God's purposes. God's power for God's purposes. So right place, and number two, right posture. Let me, let me, let me explain to you uh, what, where the Holy Spirit is drawn to in a life, uh, a posture of humility. Let me, let me just be really honest with you. I, I am outside of my pay grade right now as a pastor. What I mean is, I got no idea what I'm doing right now. There's no plan. There's a plan. You do this, you build this multi-million dollar building, and then you, people come, and everybody gives, and you pay it, and then you start another thing, and, then, and, and, and you're just over here, and you're strategizing, and you're figuring out, okay, here's what we're going to do. And, and the truth is, I barely passed Bible college. I have no idea what I'm doing most of the time. <laughs> and that's how it's supposed to be. I'm supposed to be humbly following the promptings and the call of the Holy Spirit. So if, I, if I'm over here on a Sunday morning and you see me put my head down and it seems like I'm about to throw up, it's because I'm about to have to talk about something for 30 to 45 minutes that I feel like I'm not equipped to do. Hey, go explain the Trinity. I don't understand it. I just know that's what the Bible teaches. That, that's in Scripture. I'm going to ask him when I get there. Can you explain this to me, right? I'm outside of my pay grade and I just, the life that God wants you to live is outside of your pay grade as well. And so the only way for you to do what he's called you to do is to have his power, but his power is drawn to humility. You see it in the disciples. They're going to pick a new disciple because Judas died, kills himself, and so they need to pick a new one. They draw lots. They land on two guys. And they're like, how are we going to do this? Oh, yeah, we should ask God. God, I need your help. God, I need you to guide me. Holy Spirit, would you fill my hands? The scripture that I love in, in, in the Bible, it says, give me a clean heart and, and uh, a pure heart and clean hands, God. God give me a pure heart. Give me, give me clean hands. God, I humbly submit myself to you. God, would you decrease what's in me? And God, would you increase in, in, in my life? Greater is he that lives in me than he that lives in the world. God, God, you are more than a conqueror in my life. We're praying. God, humble me in your sight. And when you humble yourself and you're walking in obedience... You are a vessel where the Holy Spirit can fill you to the foolish measure. And you need them. Would you stand to your feet all over our houses? And would you do me a favor? I want you to, as we start this, I just want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. I just want you to, uh, if you're a believer, maybe if, even if you're not, but the, the Spirit of God is moving. Here's what I found. Sometimes somebody comes into these places, you have no idea what I'm talking about, but you begin to feel God's presence. Sometimes as I'm talking, we're not even talking about what you are actually hearing because it's not even a conversation with, with me and you. It's actually God's power and presence right now moving in your life. It's, it's like you're just here alone with him. So maybe you're already having an experience with God. You, you, you're, when I say humbling, like some of you, you try to do life on your own. And the first step to a relationship with God, but a continual filling of the Holy Spirit, it's humility. Humility. 
So maybe, maybe that's you right now. But what I want you to do all over this place, especially if you're a believer, I just want you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and I want you to take your hands, and I want you to open them up and face them towards heaven right out in front of you. Just open them up like you're, like you're letting go of something. And here's what I want you to do. I just want you to let go of control. Just let it go. Oh, my gosh, for some of you, that's really hard. You, you are type A. You control everything. You control what your husband wore today. Right? You try to walk out the house. You're like, nah, nah, you can't even embarrass me today, right? So you get into church. Let's just be honest. And you just want to control everything. Everything. You're thinking about everything. Thinking about what you got to do this week. Thinking about your plans. Thinking about your agenda. Thinking about your to-do list. Let's just get rid of all that. What if, what if you just started saying, hey, today's your day? Bring people into my life that are supposed to be there. Open up doors that I could never open up. God, I want to walk in your incomparable power in my life. What a prayer. God, help, help our church to seek, to understand what is in our hands. What a gift. The Bible says when you give it to us, you're going to fill us up. And it's going to be like dynamite in our bones. And so, Lord, would you move this, this, this month? Would you, would you have your way? Would you mess up some plans? Would you allow us to experience some only God moments? Would you bring strength? There's somebody in this place that they've been living on their own strength. They've been going at stuff with their own effort. But it's not by our own power and our effort that we, we find success in following you. It's through your spirit. That's what it says, not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. I pray for some in this place, and they've never walked in a healthy marriage. They've never walked in freedom. They've never walked in, 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 in peace. They've never walked in true joy. Those are all fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. They've never been able to find that self-control in their life. Lord, that comes when we give access to the Spirit. And so here's what we do right now. We're in the right place. Lord, whatever you're calling us to do, Spirit of the living God, you have your way in us right now. Lord, whatever it is, we'll follow you. Whatever you ask us to do, we'll say yes to you. That's the right right place, the, the spiritual place of obedience. And then our posture is humility. Lord, let me, let me, let me, you see it in every, in every disciple, in every apostle. Lord, every one of their attitudes is we can't do this on our own. We can't follow you. We can't, we can't fulfill what you're calling us to fulfill. We can't do it on our own. Well, thank you, Father, that you're going to walk with us, that you're strengthening us and empowering us and encouraging us. Lord, would you have your way? Would you just, in that, in that same mindset, would you just continue to pray? And maybe as you, as you pray right now, uh, maybe you close your eyes. And as I, as I talked, you were like, man, I don't know about Jesus. I don't have a relationship with him starts with the relationship with Jesus. First, you give him your life. You give him access to your heart. You allow him to forgive and heal your sin. You repent and you turn away from your old life. And when you turn away from your old life, not only does he call you by love, but he fills you up with his power. He enables you to live a different life. I've seen it. He restores joy. He brings peace. The Bible says that he brings beauty from ashes. I love that. That some of your lives, they feel like they're just in ashes right now. But if you give it to God, that he'll bring beauty from it. That he'll bring purpose in your pain. But it starts with the recognition, I need a relationship with Jesus Christ. A faith. 
I'm going to put my faith and my trust in him. I'm going to believe in what he did for me on that cross 2,000 years ago. And when you accept him, you give yourself access to the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe as you say yes to Jesus, that his spirit like a rushing wind is going to fill you up right now. You're not even going to understand it. I like to say it like this. One yes changes everything. You've done a lot of dumb things and said a lot of no's to get yourself to this place. There's been a lot of mistakes, but one yes. I'm going to stop running. I'm going to stop trying to do this on my own. I'm going to stop trying to figure out life without God. Today, Jesus Christ needs to be my Lord and my Savior. So if I'm speaking to you right now, you don't know Christ, but you need to. I'd like to pray with you as we close. Nobody's looking around, both here in Montgomeryville, but you say, you know what? I don't know Jesus Christ. You talked about humility. The first thing I do is I lay down my life at his feet. I ask him to be my Lord and my Savior. I can't do this on my own anymore. If I'm speaking to you right now, if the Spirit of God is knocking at the door of your heart and you say, hey, pastor, that's me. I don't know Jesus Christ, but I need to. All over this place, unashamedly, not worried about the person to your right or left, They don't even matter right now. It's just you and God. I need Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior right now. Come on, all over this house. Would you just begin to shoot your hand as a sign that today is your day straight in the air and say, Jesus Christ is going to be my Lord and my Savior. I see a hand all the way up there. Is there anybody else? Anybody else say, hey, Pastor, that's me a hand right here in front of me. Yes. Jesus Christ, I need him to be my forgiver. I need him to be my sustainer. Now, right now, we're going to pray together. Let's pray something like this all over this house. Say, Jesus, thank you for this day. Jesus, today, I'm going to put my faith in you. You're going to be my Lord, and you're going to be my Savior. From this day forward, I'm going to follow you. Everything about me is changing right now. Jesus, today, I'm filled with peace, with joy, and with hope. Now, all over this house, as we, as we, we celebrate that, just one more time, because you can pray, piano can be playing, I pray for people, you can walk out. One more time, I just want you to tell the Holy Spirit, I'm available. I'm available. The end of this day is yours. Tomorrow is yours. Tuesday is going to be your day. Wednesday is yours. My, my life is going to be yours. God, I'm going to start every day of my, my life, and I'm going to say, Holy Spirit, your will be done. Your will be done. Guide me, direct me, lead me. God, I'll say yes to you. Now give this place a holy trust and courage, Lord, where we step out in faith and we fully follow your promptings. Lord, we thank you for that. I thank you for your word. I thank you for how you're going to work through this church, Lord. We're going to see a mighty outpouring of the power of God. That's what our world needs. It needs to see the power of the risen Savior. Thank you for taking Lord, a few so minutes out of your day Father, to listen to our podcast. Father, how you're going to move in our church, you in our lives, to give your life to Jesus in our mission. In Jesus' name we pray. All over or our house, would you shout amen if you agree with me? Person. Let's clap Visit jrny.church for more resources or to find a location near you. Have a great rest of your day.